Kaysan, and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel, and more. I'm your host, Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic, as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being, and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. I am delighted to talk to a Nordic-inspired Aussie Libby Helinski, an HR professional who, after living in Skellefteå, the north of Sweden, decided to change her career path and start her own business. She got so inspired by the Nordic lifestyle that after arriving back in Australia, she established the Papa Sven lifestyle business that includes a retail shop, online business and two Airbnbs in Newcastle, two hours drive north of Sydney. Libby truly embraces the Nordic way of providing retail experience to her customers. Her carefully sourced Nordic products are authentic and ageless, functional, sustainable design. Libby explains why her business is not focused on Scandinavian, but rather Nordic product. After COVID-19 hit, she thought she would lose her business. However, she has been able to turn it all around with her passion and energy. Let's hear it from inspirational Libby Helinski. Hello, Libby. Welcome. It's great to have you here as my guest today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's lovely, lovely to chat with you. Now, I would like to first find out a bit about your background. And before you got really inspired by Nordic trends and Nordic ideals. Where are you from and what was your upbringing and childhood like? Well, I was born in Sydney and raised in Sydney. I guess we had a very normal suburban Sydney life. I lived with my mum and dad and my brother. And I guess during my school years, I became really passionate about textiles. I loved craft and sewing and collecting bits and pieces and So really, yeah, developed a love and an interest for textiles and and that sort of thing from a from a young age. Great, and uh, from young age already you had interest in kind of fashion and lifestyle and and especially as you say textiles. So you did your um, high schools and unis and and what where did your journey lead from from your home? Yeah, well, I actually studied textile science at New South Uni, which was very much focused on processing of fibres and fabrics. And I did a lot of work experience in the textile industry during those years. And then I worked for a textile importer for a couple of years straight after uni. But during my course, I I had actually studied half commerce and half science subjects and had a real love for for HR. And I actually majored in HR on the commerce side. And after two years working in the textile industry and, I don't know, not feeling the joy for it as I had whilst I was at uni, you know, from a textile, like technology perspective, I decided to take a different path and I accepted a HR graduate role. So I then worked in HR actually for the next, I guess, 15 years. 
until where I am now where I feel like I've kind of come back to my joy and my roots of being surrounded by textiles and and beautiful things all the time. And uh, earlier on we discussed about textiles and and textiles and fabrics in Australia and you mentioned that you were very concerned about the quality of textiles that are produced or imported to Australia. You think that that is not very sustainable how it's done at the moment. Yeah, look, I guess, you know, I think everyone's got a level of responsibility with what is produced on our planet. And, you know, I, I was seeing a lot of these textiles that were coming in to Australia, which could have easily been produced here, obviously, but for cost reasons, they're, they're not. But just the quality of them was so poor. And I, you know, I remember talking to a, a colleague about it and saying, you know, I feel like we actually have a responsibility as the importer to to actually not import these things. You know, it's um, it's not sustainable long term, and it's it's certainly it's not like what we see in these beautiful Marimekko fabrics. That's that's for certain. Right. Um. So you earlier on you you thought about the sustainability was very important for you. Absolutely, and I think I, I've been fortunate that the whole way through my work, I've always thought about the impact that you're having in that in whatever role that you're doing and you can you can actually make a small amount of difference no matter what that might be actually my very first I guess job in textiles probably was when I was at uni and I worked for Australian fashion producer Q Design and I was really inspired and motivated by Rod Levis the owner of the company you know he was very passionate about at that time I don't know how it works now but you know producing things locally and being really committed to the Australian textile and fashion industry and it was um it was a really great organization to be a part of all these things were when you get inspired by nordics and nordic trends so uh, you lived some time in sweden yeah that's right in 2013 we were really fortunate my husband had a job opportunity to take up in the very north of sweden town called Skellefteå, which is actually not that far from the finnish border you know lucky for us we all got to tag along I mean, I personally completely fell in love with, with the town and the life and the wholesome way of living pretty much from the from the moment we landed in the town. So it, it certainly had a had a huge impact on, on me. And so what was your life like in Shelefteel? Uh well it was lovely for me. I wasn't I was the only one not working. So Matt was going off to work and my two girls were attending the local Swedish public school. It was really cozy, you know. It was his first time that I'd ever experienced people going walking through the forest and collecting berries or collecting mushrooms and and being at home and baking bread. You know, I came from a family where we, my mum cooked, you know, lamb chops and frozen vegetables for dinner, and you know, here were people going off to their baking cabin and making things from fundamental things. It was just really, really lovely. You know, a lot of people kind of have think about, I guess not me, but think about my store being very focused on design, but it, it's not not about that at all. And I actually always laugh. I say, you know, I've, I've never followed fashion and I've got no interest really in following fashion. That's not me at all. I loved the Nordic way of life and the way the environment influenced the design and the way people lived. And, and that's what actually inspired me. It wasn't about brands and fashion and things that were on trend at all. So you saw Sweden th- through whole four seasons. What did you think of the very dramatic changes in the season? Oh, I just, I loved it. 
I loved it. I loved that change of season. I loved that feeling. And actually, you know, as a family, we all watched the weather quite closely and we loved the fact that we could see, you know, the um, change in, in light, you know, from one week to the next, you know, that the sun would be setting from, a, you know, an, an hour's difference at some point um, from one week to the next as we went into winter and then, and then back into summer. It was, it was lovely to be able to experience all of those four seasons, which I'd, I'd never had that sort of experience before. And did you also got involved with the seasonal traditions, what the Swedes do in, in the north, that every season have very different traditions and different type of foods and celebrations that all are part of uh, seasonal changes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was lovely. We arrived in the May um, just as... Uh, not sure what the, is it is it May Day it's called right at the start of May it was yep. bonfires and things you know and they're just coming into into summer and then of course we celebrated midsummer in the old town and and went out, then we went out to a friend's property and and you know and it was just incredible and all this beautiful home baked wholesome food that was presented on the table which to me just looked like a a work of art you know sitting on the table and the thing that I really found joy from too was the love of the winter as well as the summer. You know, I think when you live in Australia, you think, you know, we're so lucky because the weather's always, you know, nice. And, you know, people when people talk about grey, rainy days, they talk about them being miserable. But, you know, over there, the winter was just so celebrated and it was, you know, so many different activities. I mean, we spent, I would say we actually spent just as much time outdoors in the winter as we did in the summer. Yeah, it's all about how well you prepared and you understand that when you go out, you actually have a proper gear when you go out, so you know you feel comfortable, you know, in your gear. And in, inside, there's always warm. Yeah, exactly. I think the beauty of being able to come home to a warm, cozy house, which here in Australia we often come home to a freezing cold house, makes a big difference. But I, I love the Swedish saying of "there's no bad weather, just bad clothing," and I I share that regularly. Yes, it's so true. You, I mean, you started understanding more the Swedish and Nordic way of holistic lifestyle. So what were specific things that really interested you and excited you about uh, how the people live their life in, in the North? Well, I certainly, I loved that, um, that kind of coming back to basics. So I loved the fact that people own baking equipment and bread making things and all, all those sorts of things. But then I also really enjoyed the, the functional design that was just so um, obvious there, you know, and the fact that people had things that maybe their grandmother had given to them or, you know, that had been in the family for such a long time or that the design wasn't pretentious. It was all about it being functional and having a purpose and that you use it and you keep it for, for a very long time. And I really I enjoyed that. You know, even the simple thing of like a candle. Before that, I think I had candles in my house, but I would never light them. They were kind of pretty. But there we had candles because it was dark and the atmosphere was so beautiful when you lit all the candles. And, you know, now I think I really got to understand that so much better from from living in, in Sweden. That's so true. Um, I burn candles almost all year round. <laughs> Me too now. Not maybe, in, not in the hot summer days, but uh, yes, it's. I just really love candles. They are. They give such a great, great atmosphere. That's so true. If ever there's a blackout, I always get a phone call from someone. They go, oh, "Libby will have candles." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Now, 
other things that you found uh, interesting in there, I think, uh, that and especially that relates to your life today, is, you mentioned earlier, is the how the retail business is run in in the Nordic. Yeah, I you know I, I didn't know whether this was just unique to Sheleftia or whether it was a, a Nordic thing, but I. I loved the retail experience in the town. I felt like there were these beautiful little stores that you'd walk into and when you walked in, the person in the store was welcoming you into the store like it was their home. And you didn't have to be going there to buy something. You were going there to soak up the atmosphere and the experience. And, you know, you wouldn't even know that it was a store from outside sometimes because you'd, you know, go up the stairs and in and, There'd be candles in there and the music was lovely and the lighting was cosy. You know, whereas in Australia I'd often felt like you go into the store and the lights are so bright and the music's blaring and, you know, you're kind of there to make a purchase as opposed to experience the space. And I I really wanted to be able to bring that back to Newcastle too and share that, I guess. And if I was to set up a store. I wanted it to be like that. I wanted it to be welcoming people into my home and making them feel comfortable and cozy in there, and that they liked to be in there. And you, um, when you now think about uh, you having a lifestyle shop, really, what things in there in the in the shops in Sweden kind of attracted to you? So, did you really um, buy lots of things, or did you just went there and wanted to experience the insight to those trends? I didn't buy a lot obviously because I had to I had to come home but I I did buy things that I hadn't seen before even you know little wooden stools which actually a lot of it I bought from the Red Cross store which I love and I have now actually have them in my shop and display but I did buy some like beautiful handmade porcelain from uh, Vastergården which is a beautiful Swedish brand which I wish we actually still had in our store but we tricky to import yeah so I bought just few little things that I really loved and uh, and became special. Yeah, that were quite different to what I could find at home, which was nice. And you uh, mentioned before about the Nordic design is very functional. Were there any specific Nordic trends or things that you found very attractive that you got really excited about and kind of fell in love? Well, I certainly fell in love the first time I saw the by Lassen candle holder. We went to uh, Copenhagen for a, a visit and we stayed in this uh, Airbnb and uh, I just remember the moment that I walked into the apartment and the candle holder was sitting on the table there and and I'd, I'd honestly never seen anything like it before, the simple beauty of this very functionally designed candle holder. It was just like nothing I'd ever seen before and it... I kind of was like, oh, my goodness. And and at that moment I thought, if ever I open this store, that's that's what I'm going to sell, you know, things like that that just really show this functional Nordic design with no fuss and just beautiful. And, uh, and we've actually stocked that item ever since we opened. So, yeah, that was definitely an influence for me. And uh, what about your life in general um, in Shelefte or did you – got to know the local um, people and local culture and uh, you must have gone to an ice hockey game. Yeah, we we became big ice hockey fans. So we went from, you know, having absolutely no idea about the game, having never been to a game, never watched a game, 
to being sidelined, kind of, you know, cheering on the Sheleftia uh, Arcor team. Ice hockey is massive in Sheleftia and the year that we were there, it was just great because they'd won the gold medal the year before and they were in the in the running to, to win it that year as well, which they did. So the season was just fantastic and we had three or four of the players who actually lived in our street that we got to know. So, yeah, we, we definitely became a, a big part of the ice hockey scene in Sheleftia. We could sing the song and, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Actually, a funny story. I remember once one of my uh, one of my daughter's friends' dad he rang us and he says, uh, "Do you want to come over and watch the ice hockey? We're going to get some uh, reindeer hearts and uh, and watch watch the ice." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've never been invited to to you know eat reindeer heart and watch ice hockey before. <laughs> this is this is unique. Well, you have had amazing experiences and I have to say I don't know many Australians who would understand ice hockey so you I think you're the first one I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you see the differences Nordic and Scandinavia and if if you think about the, your business and and lifestyle so what how do you kind of differentiate them? I mean obviously Scandinavia, as you know, is the countries of uh, Norway, Denmark and Sweden. Maybe Iceland, I'm not sure. Finland's not included in that. Finland is the Nordic region as opposed to the Scandinavian region, which I didn't actually know before I started my store, but it was taught to me. But for me, what I f- the reason that I always use the word Nordic is that when I came back to Australia, I thought that I was bringing back this particular range of products that to me reflected the Nordic way of life. Authentic design, sustainable production, beautiful materials, all, all natural materials and that was functionally, you know, functionally designed. Whereas Scandi design was such a popular term in Australia. It was in all the magazines. Um, you know, I felt like every second furniture range that someone brought out used the word Scandi and to me it was a very um I don't know, on-trend word. And I didn't want to connect it to something that was just on-trend. That's that's not why I was doing it. So I'm really particular about using the word Nordic because for me it's more it's more wholesome, it's more it's less known to the trendy people. <laughs> and of course it encompasses finished design, which is so important such an important part of our business. As you mentioned before, the functionality and design are always combined. I was just going to say, I remember chatting a couple of years ago. I went to Finland and I um, met this great lady that was working with Itala. We spent the day together and she said to me, Libby, in Finland, we believe everyone has the right to well-designed products. She said, you know, design here isn't pretentious and it's, I guess, non-discriminatory. You know, people buy less, but they buy well-designed things. And I, I said to her, you know, I... That's what I love about this. You know, I think I grew up in an era where people wanted everything at once and buy it as cheap as you can because you're going to get sick of it after a year or a couple of years. Whereas I love the fact that she was saying to me that you buy something and you love it for its lifetime and, you know, everyone can can do that. Yeah, that's definitely, I could relate to that. My mother still have coffee cups from Arabia that she inherited yeah. from her grandmother, but yeah. they are very precious and they're only actually mm. used in a special occasion because these are very special. Yeah. But um, our household's been always full of design 
products like candle holders yeah. and and plates and classes and so it's just been always the way of life treat it well and then it lasts long then you've been developing your business and and expanding the range and you have a most delightful, wonderful products to you and brands that you now offer. And you also then started their Airbnb, which is all Nordic trends and design, isn't it? Yeah, so we have two little Airbnbs, which I, I love. We have Papa's Summer Cabin and then we have Papa Sven's Apartment, not for their original name. But, yeah, so they've been um, furnished with things from the store and uh, some things that we collected while we are in Sweden. And uh, it's just a really cosy place for people to stay when they're in Newcastle. It's, it's been great. And when you said that you wanted to bring this retail experience that you experienced in Sweden, so you wanted to bring that to Newcastle. So what do you offer now that you have kind of brought in from the Nordics that you offer to your community and your customers? Well, funny you should say that I, I've just come from the store now and we've got some new tea that's arrived and we had the Marimiko teapot and... One of our customers who comes in a lot, I mean, and it's funny, I've, I've got this funny thing, I don't like talking about people that come into our store as our customers because they're kind of, they're actually our community and our friends, you know, they're not customers as such. But but anyway, she came in and she had time and we had time and we made the pot of tea and we all stood around and, and obviously we haven't seen her for a while because of the COVID-19, she's in her 70s. We had a pot of tea together and it was so nice to be able to just, and with the candles burning and, you know, you'd see the next person come in and I definitely feel that we have um, been able to almost replicate this lovely experience from the Swedish way. And so did you got any other ideas living in there that you thought that you could bring to Newcastle or you thought that um, are, are, are different than uh, in, in Australia. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I, I really was amazed by in Sweden that, you know, when it comes to the summer, there's all these pop-up stores, or not all these pop-up stores, but there people have the ability to do a pop-up store or a pop-up cafe that's, you know, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, fitted out with a $50,000, you know, shop fit out or anything like that. It's just really simple and really cosy and obviously not restricted by what council and, different other obligations are for businesses here in Australia. And um, it just it just felt so much more casual and and I guess the imperfectness of what they created is what made it so lovely. There was a beautiful little cafe. We lived right on a river in Chaleftia and there's a little island in the middle of the river which you could only access during the summertime. Yeah, and they had this summer pop-up cafe and you get these just, I think they must have just made them in their homes and brought in these beautiful cakes or you could get the, the waffles and jam and, you know, you'd sit out on the grass and I'd love to be able to create something like that in, in Australia. We did do one pop-up but it didn't actually go so well because it, it was at a shopping centre and it, that's that's where I realised there was such a huge contrast between what we were trying to do and what a shopping centre provides. But, yeah, I'd love to have an open field with something like that. <laughs> Uh, you, I mean, you've been running very successful business now for what eight years? Six years. Six years, sorry. And uh, so, what have you been like? Your most exciting things that you feel like you have experienced so far, and and what have you been maybe some 
some low points for you? Look, some of our events were probably the very, you know, one of the most exciting times at the start was the very first. We did a, a Christmas market the first year that we opened. So we opened in the August and that Christmas I thought, oh, going to do a, like a Swedish Christmas market. So the night that all our decorations would come out and we actually, very fortunate here in Newcastle, we have a, um, a group of musicians who play Finnish folk music. So somehow I met them, I can't even remember how, and they, I rang them and said, do you want to come and play? They said, absolutely. So they set up out the front of our store and I didn't know who would come. No idea. I, I had food and everything and drinks. We had Yulemust and, and it was wild. There were so many people. You could not move in the store. There were people out of the store with the music and the, the fun and the festival. And it was just a really, really great event. And it was the beginning of us having, having we've actually had some, you know, many great events in the six years that we've had the store. So that was the first really great one. Now we have a, a Christmas night every year, which is always lovely. We now also do International Women's Day. We show a Nordic film of some sort. Uh, last year we did the story of Army Ratia, Army Alive, the movie, which we imported from Finland, and we were very blessed to have a local, wonderful local lady, Jill Emberson, who sadly um, died of ovarian cancer, but she was an amazing advocate for ovarian cancer research. And she actually came and spoke at our night before the movie last year and all the money that we raised went to ovarian cancer research and now we're continuing to do that every year. So this year we did the film Becoming Astrid, the story of Astrid Lindgren. And nights like that are just great. You know, the, we sell out every year 250 tickets and um, it's it's a really nice social night and it's a really nice night because... People are coming because they're part of our Papa Sven community. But what I like about those events is there's no, there's, it, it doesn't feel like you have to come and buy something in my store because we're not in the store. So this is sometimes that I'm, I'm a bit uncomfortable with when we have an event in the store. I feel like some people think they need to buy something to come. So it's, it's nice to be able to offer these events away from the store because, because it's a nice event. So that, they've definitely been great highlights. Making video as a team is hard. Someone has to set up a Dropbox. People email in clips. Then someone has to edit them all together. But there is another way. Vloggy combines a super simple upload tool with a cloud-based video assembly site to make crowdsourced video compilations quick, easy and affordable. In fact, you can make multi-person video stories a thousand times cheaper and ten times faster than traditional video production. Find out more at vloggy.com. You know what, our experience during this pandemic time has been a really amazing time. We have, you know, we've actually um, grown in the period that we've been, had our physical store closed. We've had amazing support and response from not just our local community, but from the entire, you know, the much wider Australian online community. And I feel really really proud of my business to be able to not just survive this time but actually to actually be able to grow in this time it's been it's been amazing it must have been quite scary though in, in when you thought that you have to close close the doors uh, when the COVID-19 started absolutely so we actually closed our store I think it was on the 17th of March 
close a bit earlier than some because I felt like a lot of our customers are in that high-risk category, 70-plus, and I guess we didn't want them to feel like they needed to come out to our store or, or anything else like that. So to be honest with you, I didn't think I'd ever reopen the store again. I thought there is no way that a small business like mine can survive being closed. A girlfriend that's got a, a cafe here in Newcastle, which she turned into a corner store, I rang her and I said, I've got paper bag. take my bags. She's like, no, you, don't, you know. I said, Beck, I'm never going to need them. What am I going to use them for? You know, I said to my friend Helena, come down, take whatever you want. You know, I honestly thought it would be a fire sale. That that would be it. Which I thought, well, you know, it didn't feel, I didn't feel sad for me as such. I thought, I know that I'll think of something else to do, but I felt really sad that Papa Sven would finish in that way. So it's been really nice to reopen this week and have our customers come back into the store and, chat with everyone again and and I feel more positive about my business now than I I have in the whole time. And uh, uh, how did you get your business going during these months when when the shop was closed? Well, look, social media was a huge thing. I worked well, when I say I worked really hard on social media, a few things kind of happened at once which was really for, for fortunate to us. I didn't think so at the time. We had a lot of orders just about to arrive that were fantastic product which arrived after our doors closed so I thought how do I normally obviously if I'm in the shop I'm I'm busy every day so I don't get to put everything on social media and show the wider world what we actually have whereas because I was at home all the deliveries are coming to my home so I just thought I was going to video me unpacking all this stuff all over my house you know and just just keep showing people what's coming and I have to say, I mean, it's incredibly exhausting being able to keep up with, I think, the demands of social media and, and putting things on there, but it's definitely it definitely worked really well for us. We also updated our website at that time. So my friend Kelly, who I mentioned earlier, who's been enormously helpful for me, she works with me on the website and we just we just made it a lot more user-friendly and and we had a lot of stock arriving. So it was it was great. And then I actually, because I had a little bit of time on my hands at the start, I started sewing again myself. So every time I sewed something out of our fabric, obviously I'd show that. And, you know, it's like when Ami Rashia started Marimekko. She came out with these big, beautiful, bold designs, what, in 1950. And she said people loved them, but none of it sold because they didn't know what to do with it. So that's when she teamed up with a seamstress and a designer and did one range out of these fabrics and she held the fashion parade in Helsinki and sold out of the whole collection and that's actually where Marimeko started. And it was kind of felt a bit like that, you know, when I sewed up these different things that I made with the fabrics that we had, our the sewing the fabric section of our online store has never been busier. We've sold so much fabric and it's It's been so nice and connecting with people that have a love for sewing as well and they send me back the photos of what they've made and I don't know what we would have done, you know, before a time of social media to be able to share this sort of, I guess, excitement so readily with people as things arrive. And is it many times when you're really um, facing challenging times, uh, you really need to dig deep and you start innovating and you pivot and you create new things? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's been really enjoyable watching 
other friends in Newcastle that have small businesses that are doing, you know, in different, very different areas to me, you know, all coming up with these new creative ways of running your business, connecting with your community and just changing the way you do things. I, like for me as a business, it's it's been great to actually rethink the way that I, I do things and, and also offering a greater level of service to people. You know, I love when I get an order, I always handwrite a note to send out with the online order because I miss not having that connection with my customer. You know, when I'm in the store, I'm chatting with that person and I kind of get an idea of where it's going and what's happening and you miss that in an online environment. So I love to be able to do that. It's enormously time-consuming. <laughs> I'm sure it takes me five times as long to send out online orders than a lot of other businesses, but I'm, I'm never going to stop that. Um, we've offered uh, free shipping to our local community and that's been really nice too you know people place an order in the morning and I can drop it at their front door that afternoon so I'm going to continue doing that too because people can't get out of their house all the time or they can't you know they might need something for their girlfriend's birthday the next day or whatever it might be and and we can we can help with that so it's nice it's uh, really lovely and now when people want to um, reach out to you where do they find you uh, we're very active on Instagram. Our at Papa Sven's email at, at Instagram yes. address. It's be careful because there's a apparently a restaurant in Barcelona called Papa Sven. I only found this out after the fact, and uh, their photos are quite different <laughs> to mine, so it's it's not the same business. We're on Facebook, and um, obviously we have our website, which um, which we update regularly as well. So is it papasven.com? Yes, dot au. And you also your um, information about your Airbnb. Yes, that's all on our website. We've got an accommodation section there as well. Um, so people can either book directly with us or, or through Airbnb. Well, it's been absolutely delightful, uh, Libby. And everyone go and check Libby's Instagram um, pages because they are so delicious and you can't help to get getting into really good mood and happy mood when you uh when you uh, browse the instagram account that's been lovely thank you very much for uh sharing your journey it's been delightful thanks very much libby thanks so much sachi so nice to chat don't forget hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate if you would leave a quick rating and review. You can also find Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Voi hyvin, hade sopra, take care.